What's up, guys? This podcast episode is sponsored by Real Good Foods. Um, They have delicious products such as cauliflower pizza crust, chicken pizza crust, enchiladas, chicken poppers, and my very, very favorite, the breakfast sandwiches. These items are low-carb, high-fat, and have a good amount of protein as well. They are super convenient, um, very easy to make, and just all around a great product. Um, If you are looking for convenience, these are for you. Our family loves them. We stay stocked up on them. My son is a huge lover of the cauliflower crust cheese pizza. Um, But if you want to find more about the Real Good Foods products, you can check your local grocery store. If you do not know where Real Good Food products are located, you can use the store finder on their website. The link is in the show notes. Um, You can also skip the grocery store um, and order directly offline if you'd like to with that link in the show notes as well. Um, And if you'd like, you can support me uh, and use code KCL15 to receive 15% off of your online order. So um, I hope you guys are you know, going to try the real good foods at some point. They are definitely worth every penny. Good morning, Brittany. How are you? Good. How are you? I am great. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Um, For people who don't know you, can you go ahead and share a little bit about who you are and your story? Um, My name is Brittany Davis. I'm 26. I have three beautiful girls. They are six, four, and one. And I have been on keto for probably 15 months now. Started, obviously, as a weight loss journey. And now I'm currently in maintenance. And I, I like you, I'm a coach and I Mm -hmm. coach people local to me and I've coached people online and I'm still honestly getting my foot in the door of coaching, but I'm loving what I'm doing right now. Perfect. Um, So what exactly brought you to keto? Like what, how did you find out about keto? Have you always struggled with weight issues? Kind of give me your history. So as a young kid, I was that chubby kid, you know, that typical chubby kid story. And on into high school, I really, I'm not even going to lie, I um, had some eating disorders in high school. I mean, I think a lot of us, especially girls, deal with that. Um, Then I found my husband. We got married and I had four pregnancies in six years. So every time I would get to that focus, you know, I'd have the child and would be doing good and finally get my brain back where I can get into exercise and eating right, I'd get pregnant again. And I never (laughs) could get the weight off. Yeah. yeah, I never could get the weight off. My brother actually uh, mentioned this to me when I started losing weight this time. He's like, you're not going to get pregnant this time, are you? And I'm like, nope, nope, don't worry. 
Don't worry. You're like, don't, don't jinx me, bro. Come yes, on. Yes, please don't do that. Um, so just, you know, a 10 pounds here, 10 pounds here. And before I knew it, after my third child, I was 220 pounds. And I just remember being desperate and I tried all the things, all the things. I'd been pescatarian, vegetarian, paleo. I even went vegan for two Ooh, years. I had no yeah. idea. Oh. <laughs> two years as a vegan. And none of it, none of it got to me where I was. And then there's a local pastor who had posted constantly about keto. Now, you know, as a vegan, I was looking at him going, uh, that's not healthy. That's mm-hmm. not healthy because I was a high carb, low fat vegan at that. Like exactly opposite of what I'm doing now but after seeing his success one day I stepped on the scale I saw 220 and I was like that's it that's it if it worked for him let's see if it works for me and I do not tell people to do this I said okay keto you got one week one week Mm -hmm. to show me what you got and eight pounds later I was hooked yeah so you kind of sound like me I, I pretty much was like Four weeks. That's all I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it four weeks. If I don't see a change, then I'm going to, I'm going to go back or try to find something else or, you know, and, um, yeah, I think it was like close to 20 pounds in that four week mark, which was awesome. But, and it's hard as you know, as a coach, cause you, yeah. you want to tell your clients, like you have to give it longer than a week. You have to give it longer <laughs> than four weeks. Come on guys. But yes. I think everyone has that mindset whenever they first start out. It's like they want that quick fix. But um, so after that week, like, what did you, did you like, as far as keto for you, did you track? Did you just kind of eat like dirty keto or like what, what would your version of keto be like in the beginning? In the very beginning. And even to this day, I'm one of those hyper trackers. I track Mm -hmm. everything. I just have to for success for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I started at 20 net carbs, what you see all over the place. And obviously, as time has gone on, I've um, developed my own type of keto, but very beginning 20 net carbs, 70%, you know, fat, 75% fat, 20% protein, 5% carbs, you know, the, the classic, that's where I started. Yeah, which I mean, I think it's good. Everyone pretty much starts at the same point. Um, and you, you know, you do what you can with the knowledge that you have, but just like you and just like me, um, and a lot of other people on their journeys, you know better, do better. Uh, I always yeah. say that. So, um, but that's awesome. And so over the course, and you said, how, how long have you been keto? 15 months today. Awesome. Um, so over the course of like the first six months, what do you think you noticed, like, as far as the biggest change, like what kept you doing keto besides the weight loss? Oh, uh, that was my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Um, that was your driving factor for a while. The first first six months, specifically the first five months, I lost 40 pounds and it was, I was addicted to seeing the results and I just kept going. I didn't go off plan. I was as strict as I had ever been. And then around that six month mark, everybody had gotten into the low carb wraps and the, this product and then that product. And I got into that too. Uh, And then I stalled for three months. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. So it's funny you say that, Um, you know, 
talking about all these substitutes and things mm-hmm. like, you know, I know that on Instagram and for those listening who don't know, your motto is real food keto pretty much, right? Like real food, mm-hmm. real life. Yeah. And um, I think what I love about you is that like that's what like you don't try to make anyone try to find those crutches like you really preach like don't find the substitutes like you Mm -hmm. did that you went through it you know like what it caused you and so you know better um that's that's something that I find that the community needs more of for sure is just absolutely eating real food um so how did you come up with the whole like real food real life name for your your business, <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy Moore. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, when I got to meet with Jimmy, it was the craziest thing. Kind of like right now. Kind of like that starstruck kind of, oh. oh my gosh, is this happening? Um, and we just met at Whole Foods. And gosh, we talked for an hour before we did the the Jimmy rants. Mm-hmm. And after Jimmy rants, he just looked at me. He's like, talk to me. It's like, what? what are you all about? And, and just in talking, I said, I eat real food and I do real life. And he's like, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. So funny. that's it. That's how it came about. It's funny. Uh, you say that Jimmy is one of those people. I think a lot of people overlook or underestimate the ability to connect with and to challenge you. When I first met him, he was, I, I mean, kind as all get out like sweet I'm supportive and he did the same exact thing to me and he's like so what's what's your goal like what's your what is this this is your keto coach Lauren like this is what it has to be and um so it's awesome that we have mentors in the community like that and I know that we both very much find Jimmy um a light in our world um he pushes us to be our best so Um, but you know, as far as your 15 months on keto, like what would you tell someone just starting out right now? If they started keto, like what would you tell them not to do? Do you have like those tips that you say, like, this is what I did. Don't do this. Well, you already mentioned it. Like my number one thing to my clients is don't come to me asking me about some keto bread or keto cupcakes or keto cookies. You just eat real food. So it's not about replacing foods that made us fat. I mean, yes, sure, there are low-carb options, and they're awesome, and there's a time and a place for them. I've got recipes for all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't implement – I don't eat those things every single day in my life because just because they are lower in carbs doesn't make them lower in calories and doesn't make them not bingeable foods. Mm-hmm. So – Sure, I could go make some keto cookies, and I'm glad I got my three little girls who are all keto with me because I'll just let them eat it. Otherwise, I'd sit there and eat the whole batch. So don't look for alternatives. Just eat real food, foods with one name, whole foods, broccoli, steak, butter, one one name foods. Not with an ingredient list a mile long, right? (laughs) Right, right. So you just mentioned, and I, I love this topic, we both have children. So your children are keto as well. Yes, they yeah. are. How long have yeah, they so, been doing keto? Um, since January. So mm-hmm. I had done to January, I would have been at 10 months. So I was 10 months keto at that point. 
And again, in the beginning, it was all about weight loss. I think most people find keto out of desperation for mm-hmm. weight loss. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I had come off my depression medication and I just felt amazing. I felt so good. And doing a lot of, I did a lot of research and looking into before I decided, hey, let's throw my kids into it. And obviously, you know, they'll have more fruit, they'll have more carbs, kids can handle more carbs. Um, Whereas I would do 20 total for the day, they may do 50 to 60 total for the day. Um, But yeah, all three of my kids. Mm -hmm. So do you have, I I don't know that I, I mean, obviously I watch your stories and things like that. I, I don't know that I see you share a ton about the fact that your kids are keto, but when you do, do you get any negative feedback at all? Most of the negative feedback that I've gotten, not just with my kids, mm-hmm. is family. You know, uh-huh. family, is is that safe? Are, are you sure that's okay? And I'm like, yeah, pretty sure, pretty sure. Since, you know, typically speaking, babies are born into ketosis. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just don't know. Um, online, no, I haven't really experienced anybody saying anything negative. I actually get a lot of positive things if, hey, could you post more of what your kids mm-hmm. eat every day and I'm like but it's so boring because they eat the same thing every day yeah um, yeah kids are trainable like that I mean I, I feel like as an adult we'd lo- we like that variety but it's like you can train your kids to kind of be just mon- as monotonous as you are <laughs> with food um yeah. but it's funny you mentioned that about family it, it, it drives me insane whenever family members or close friends or people just constantly bash what you're doing. And the sad part is they didn't say anything when you were eating all of the fast food and all of the junk food. And when I was 232 pounds, no one said anything. But the minute that you decide to do something different that – Obviously, you see results and it changes your life and you're healthy. You're perfectly healthy. They question you. It's it's kind of insane to me. I don't know if you feel the same. Oh, absolutely. I feel absolutely the same. And it's not, I mean, I've done this, this cycle through the years. So I know in the very beginning, like I had to prove to them that this was going to stick because I had done the start, stop, start, stop for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And I think I've reached that point where they they take me seriously now. And yeah. then I threw the kids in it and they're like, uh, have you lost your mind? Are we just keto one track here? Yeah. Yeah. Now, is your husband keto as well or? Um, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly. Yeah. So he, he was, he's always been super supportive. Always. My whole journey has been super supportive. Probably around that January mark, I told him, okay, I want to get the whole family on. And I joked around with Jimmy on his live about this. There were two things holding my husband back from a ketogenic diet, and that was Pepsi and pimento cheese sandwiches. (laughs) And like that was it. He would be all for it, except for those two things. But to date, he has switched over. And now he's not as real food as I am. He'll do like the monster energy drinks, the zero sugar ones and he'll have like Mio's in in water he's drinking water which is crazy it's so (laughs) crazy that my husband's drinking water now and then for pimento cheese I was like hey 
how about I buy you some lunch meat and you just roll the pimento cheese up in the lunch meat. So that's what he's doing. There you go. So pretty much, pretty much keto, but he's more quickly to have a burger, mm-hmm. you know, with the bun than I am. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, it, it's hard for us. I think, um, it, it was for me for a while. I did keto for a year before my husband hopped on it with me. And, you know, he had weight to lose. Um, so he was kind of looking for that, um, you know, that miracle <laughs> that we all search for. And he had seen me have this success. And so it was funny once he started keto and once he realized like how amazing he felt, he was like, you know, I, I think this is something I can do long term. I think that I can like continue to do this. But he is very much like a he's got to have those yearly like time periods where he goes off and enjoys things that he used to enjoy. Um, and, you know, I love that about him because I'm like, you know, if he knows that is how he's going to be able to sustain this lifestyle, then, you know, go for it. But like go me. Yeah. But like me. I'm like, I, number one, I feel like absolute crap when I do that. So it's not worth it, you know? Um, but I just, I, I still have issues with control when it comes to those kind of foods. I don't know if you You're struggle. You're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. just want all the carbs once mm-hmm. they start. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, you know, it's not even just mental. It's that physical, like you, you put more in your body, you want more of it. And I don't think people, yeah, I don't think people realize that, that like, you know, just because you have like you're, you do good all week and then you have like a carb day, like a, you eat whatever carbs you want. Well, the reason it's so hard to get back into ketosis or to, um, you know, get back into your, on top of your game is because your body has been reintroduced to those things and it wants it even more. So, um, that's just, I think there, there are definitely two different types of people. And so, you know, it's funny that, that I live in a household where he knows true moderation and me, I'm just kind of like one of those extremists where I'm just going to do without it. And I'm happy like living my life that way. So, Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to have the support for sure. I know, you know, that year that I did it, Tyler supported me, but I think it uh, is always nice whenever they decide to do it with us. So uh, yeah, when he started, did the weight just melt off? Oh, yes. Yeah. You too? My, <laughs> oh my gosh. It wasn't, it, he did keto for health and because everybody else was doing it in the household, it wasn't for weight loss at all. He started at maybe two, two Oh five. He wasn't overweight, you know, pretty typical, and he got on the scale probably three weeks later and it's like, oh my goodness, I weigh 185. And I'm like, you make me sick. Yes. <laughs> Are you I know. serious? Oh, it makes me mad. I'm like, Tyler looks, he stops like looking at diet soda and he can drop 10 pounds. I'm like, I hate you right now. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. He, yeah, Tyler dropped super fast. I think it was in the first like five weeks he had dropped like 35 pounds. It was crazy. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? He's like, it's a good thing my wife preps all my food and tells me what to eat, and you know, because otherwise <laughs> he's got to be up, up, uh, you know, yeah, creek. So, but, yeah, um, it's, 
it's harder for him, I find, because we went on this cruise uh, a couple mo- or a couple weeks ago, and he enjoyed himself to the fullest on that cruise. He ate all of the things, and <laughs> I do find that it is harder for him to kind of get back on track and, you know, mm-hmm. um, to get back into his normal way. But I think the longer he does this and realizes how bad it makes him feel and, you know, he may not go as crazy, <laughs> but he loves Maybe. his food, so yeah. we'll see. But um, So tell me a little bit more about, like, you know, your coaching, like how you got into coaching and all of those things. Like how long were you keto before you started coaching people? Um, when I started, so I went through a certification program to be certified, um, and that started back in September of 2018. I'm trying to remember how many months that would have been. Probably seven. Seven months is when I was really interested. I had lost almost 50 pounds at that point. And I knew so many people had asked me, hey, how are you doing this? And I had already helped so many people that it just was a natural progression into coaching. It just mm-hmm. happened that way. I got the certification. It went super fast. By December, I was coaching my first person. And I was actually required in the certification to coach someone, um, like a clinical, to do it for free. Mm-hmm. And I started with my mom. And my mom, and it was a, had to do it for 21 days. And she lost 11 pounds. And it was just Seeing her energy spike, also a little tidbit of information I left out. She was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2000. So to watch her energy come back, it just made my desire to want to coach other people that much stronger. And right now, a lot of my basis is weight loss with people, but I'm trying to dip more into the, you know, let's heal our bodies Mm -hmm. kind of coaching. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. Um, You know, it's hard being, like, on social media, being a quote-unquote influencer um, and, you know, making people feel like they constantly have to have the goal of losing weight because both both you and I know, like, weight loss is, you know, that's a goal, but it shouldn't be the main focus goal. It shouldn't be, you know, the constant driving factor. And so one thing that you've experienced recently is you've entered into maintenance mode, correct? Yes. So you decided that you were happy where you ended up with keto. You're ready to just kind of like live your life and, you know, eat real food and continue to feel good. Um, Like, what do you tell someone who asks you if that's an actual real thing? I mean, because I find that several of my clients are like, will I ever get to the point where I don't track my food or, you know, like just I'm, you know, living my keto lifestyle? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard when, I mean, even I have not kept it a secret on my Instagram that I have struggled once I hit maintenance, mm-hmm. uh, that mental battle of I've been in weight loss mode for over a year. Who am I now? Now that I've lost the weight, who am I now? Um, I personally still track, even though I'm in maintenance until I feel comfortable that I can just eat intuitively. I'm not that kind of person. Um, but for other people, you will get there. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard to see the end of the road when you're just starting or you're just a couple months in, or you're looking at maybe you've lost 30 pounds, but you still have a hundred to go. And I always encourage my clients, don't look at 
where you have to go. Look at where you came from. Even just making the decision to start something new is a big deal. Just making the decision to start this habit. And that's something else that I implement is make it a habit. Start with small things, add in small things. Don't don't go join the gym. Don't go change everything that you eat. Don't cl- clean out your, your cabinets. Don't go full force ahead at everything because typically you get burned out on those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Just start with slow changes. Yeah. It's funny the clients that'll come to me and they'll be like, all right, I'm ready to track my food. I'm ready to switch all of this this stuff over I'm ready to exercise and I'm like hold up let's pump the brakes real quick let's mm-hmm. let's chat about it um you know they're the going rate for people giving up on their goals you know because they start everything all at once is probably about 98 percent like there's oh, yeah. about two percent that can take it all on and run with it and they're successful I know from personal experience um after giving up several times because I started it all at once, you know, I started keto and didn't exercise for about six months. I I think the first three months I walked, which is, you know, it's still a good thing to do, but three months in I was doing home workouts and then six months in when I went to the gym. And so I think it's important for us as coaches to stress to clients, to people who interact with us on social media that like, you don't have to do it all. You don't have to do it all at once. And you honestly, <laughs> you don't have to do the gym ever. And I think that's one thing that um, is important to share. And I wanted to talk to you about was the pressure of feeling like oh, you yeah. have to do something because you're a part of a certain community or you you have to be a certain way because you're a coach. Like, for you, how is that? Do you still struggle with that mindset? Yes, yes. So as I was inching close, all right, I got to start back from the beginning. Um, like I said, I tested keto. I was like, okay, you're going to prove to me that this is going to work and it's going to be sustainable. I didn't touch a weight. I didn't look at an exercise program. I, I didn't go near it for six months. I didn't touch any of it. I on purpose wanted to just get the diet right. I just wanted to eat right. And then all the stuff would come later. And I kept telling myself, one day I'll want to exercise. One day I'll want to do those things. And as time kept going by, I would just feel more guilty that I should be moving. I should be doing this. I should be in the gym. And it just never came. That motivation that I thought would come just didn't come. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I currently I do I do home workouts and I know I wish I could go to the gym, but I live out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I joke with uh, Keto Neo about this all the time when he does his lives. Um, he was saying he had went to Target. I was like, yeah, the closest Target to me is 45 minutes away. Mm. The closest gym to me is 45 minutes away. Oh, I my- live so far. <laughs> So it would take me an hour and a half just in driving time to dedicate going to the gym. It's just not something that I can fit in my life right now. So I do, I do stuff at home. Yeah, no, I mean, if, if Target was 45 minutes away from me, that would save me a lot of money. I'm going to tell you, (laughs) (laughs) it's like 15 minutes up the road and I'm like going there every day Uh, looking for dang monster trucks for my son. (laughs) Yes, it's monster trucks. Mm-hmm. But that but that pressure you were saying, I, I did felt 
feel that pressure, especially as a coach of I'm supposed to be in peak health and I'm supposed to have six pack abs because I'm coaching people and I should look this certain way to fit that mold so I can help people. And I was even guilty of it, you know, talking with, I have a part-time job where I work in a, as an office manager um, in a natural health office. And she was chastising me about that. I was like, I should be thinner. I should be this. I should be that. She's like, just be you. She's like, in your name, real food, real life, be you, be real. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I should mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's hard sometimes to take our own advice. Um, You know, you know, from Instagram, I try to keep it as real as possible when it comes to like my, my loose skin and, um, you know, the, the stretch marks and, and, you know, all of the things, but it's crazy what happens when you enter the world of fitness or nutrition or, whatever, um, when it comes, uh, when it comes to be a focus of like body, like we're all trying to change our body. Uh, you feel like you have to look a certain way or do a certain thing. I recently just posted on Instagram about this, uh, yesterday, um, about how the reason I, one of the reasons why I stopped um, doing the bodybuilding prep is because I realized like, that's not who I am. That's not, I've never in my life been so like, you know, into the gym and into bodybuilding and feeling like I, um, you know, wanted to compete. And I was finding myself being pressured to compete because everyone else was doing it. And everyone, I almost felt like no one would see me as a worthy enough coach or certified personal trainer unless I had that title of I've competed, you know? So, um, I think that it, it's still an idea that I struggle with because I'm, I'm trying to find really, really, you know, I'm trying to dig really deep and, find if it's still something I want to pursue, but it's got to be on my own terms. It's got to be on, on my own wants and my own desires. And it can't be something that's pressured in, you know, from the community that we, you know, um, interact with on a daily basis. So. And even sitting here, listening to both of us talk about it. It's insane. Like you Uh lost over a hundred pounds. I think you're well qualified to tell somebody how to do keto. I've lost 65 pounds. I think I'm qualified in and of itself to tell somebody how to do this and how to live this life and how to have success. But we beat ourselves up with maybe we should do more, Uh (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And no, and I think that is, is normal for, it's not normal for everybody, but I find that as women, and as moms yeah. and as wives, like all of those titles that you and I hold together, uh, we feel the need to always do more, to be a better mom, to be a better wife, to be a better business owner. And the thing is, is we feel all this pressure, but then we forget to look at ourselves and be like, no, but really, what do I want? Like, yeah. what what do I need to be a better version of myself mm-hmm. and and not be influenced by everything? Oh, yes. I that was a big struggle for me back in my depression days was, okay, I'm Cami Darcy and Alma Grace's mom. I'm Chris's wife. And like to the point of when we used to go to this church, people didn't know my name. I was Chris's wife. And 
that that was hard. I I didn't have an identity. I was a mom, a wife, but but where was Brittany? Where was Brittany in all of this? And I think that was another thing about keto that I love so much was I found myself. And it's weird to say that I identify in keto, but it just it just happened that way. And I I truly found myself doing this and found what I love to do, found my drive, found my purpose. Yeah. No, I don't think it's I don't think it's weird at all. And it's it's kind of crazy the um the people who say like if you identify as keto or if you call yourself like or if if you find that your identity is in keto then something's wrong but it's not even about that it's about the fact that you found a lifestyle that you can sustain that you, it doesn't identify you it doesn't it you know you're you do keto you are not keto you know right, like, it, right. it's people kind of pick and choose the words that they want to use and they want to, you know, um, say bad things or negative things. But just like our weight loss, you and I are not, we lost that much weight, but our weight loss doesn't define who we are. It's, it's shaped us into who we are and what we do. And Mm -hmm. it's allowed us to find the passion that we love, but it doesn't define who we are. And I think that that's something that we have to remind not only ourselves often, yeah. um, but our clients too, because I mean, these are the, these are all things that we are going through and continuously are growing through. Um, and I don't know if you find this to be true, but you know, a lot of times I feel like people think once you lose the weight or once you've had the transformation, then you stop growing. But that's the complete opposite. Like, Oh, yes. <laughs> so opposite of that. If anything, you like you grow so much more after you say the word. I'm telling you, after anyone says the words, okay, I'm done with weight loss. Oh man, mm-hmm. you just wait. You better have some self help books, some podcasts on lineup. To yeah, because after, like I said earlier, after you have been defined, like you let yourself be defined, and I did. I let myself be defined by my weight loss journey when it was over. I had to find, uh, wait a minute, where am I at? Where am I uh-huh. at in all this? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, it's, it's hard to think that, you know, weight loss is something that people can, you know, like take and run with and continuously grow from. I mean, it's been over, over a year since I hit that 100 pounds loss mark. And yeah, it, which is, it blows my mind when I say it out loud. I'm like, I hit 103 pounds loss last March and it's, you know, uh, what May of 2009, it's been over a year. So, but the growth that I've had mentally and, you know, still physically too, because being in the gym, doing what I love as far as weightlifting and stuff, like things are still changing. I'm still growing. And so I think it's important for us to stress to people that, you know, it's the weight loss is the things that you experience and the growth that you experience from the weight loss is so much more. So, um, and I think it's good for people to still have goals. Um, you know, growth being a goal, but like for you, Weight loss is no longer the goal, but 
like what what are your goals as a person as someone who's still growing um right now it's been a complete battle with my mind where Mm -hmm. is my mind and you know going back I struggle with depression on and off postpartum particular Mm -hmm. after every after every birth that I would have I would struggle with that postpartum and I think it was again it was one of those things where like okay, I'm doing the newborn thing right now. And that's all I'm doing. Where am I at? Where's that, that moment of me? Um, oh my goodness. Remind me of the question. Oh no, <laughs> it, it's okay. Your goals, like what you, what you want to accomplish. Yes. Okay. Um, I have a lot of personal goals right now. So now that I've lost the weight, my husband and I are working towards debt free. We're working mm-hmm. towards buying a house. We just bought a car that I am so in love with. Um, and that was a big step for us. And working in those relationships. So because I hated myself, like I, there's no other word. I hated myself for so long. Um, I couldn't have successful relationships with other people out of because uh, I felt like they shouldn't love me. They shouldn't think that, you know, I didn't think that I was good enough. So why would they think that I was good enough? So now that I've come to love who I am and like where I am, I've started to heal those relationships with the people that I cut off for so long out of depression, out of hatred for myself. So that's kind of a lot going on at once, but just get summed up of I'm fixing the things that I let go when I let go of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to do that. And, you know, it's funny you mention like the whole depression and um, like when you see yourself so negatively and when you hate yourself, like it, it's hard to, I, th- I feel like when I was going through depression, I viewed everyone else as a problem and I was not. I was just like, it, it's something like i I knew I was unhappy with myself. I knew I hated myself, but someone else was always offending me. It was always, well, they're wrong or they are, you know, they just, they have a problem with me. And I feel like, you know, as I overcame postpartum depression, because I dealt with it as well, um, it really opened my eyes to realize that it had a lot to do with me. It was really all about me. Um, I blamed everyone for, you know, so much and pushed a lot of people away um and so I totally understand where you're coming from as far as the depression goes and kind of blaming everyone for your problems (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. how long did you deal with depression for um it really started okay this is we're not going to be able to get into all of this Mm because it would take up all of the time um I had a really tough childhood, really tough. And it's really where all of the excess weight came from in the beginning and then going through high school and dealing with the complete opposite of eating my face, you know, um, and not eating at all. Um, I think I was dealing with it even back then. After I had my first child, I got married super quick, Mm -hmm. like so quick. We met each other and were engaged and married within a year. And babies came three months later, you know. How, so, how old were you when you got married? I was 19. Yeah. Like, freshly 19. Turned 19 in September, got married in October. Mm-hmm. Um, I was engaged in high school. And, of course, there was, like, oh, that would never work out. And here we yeah. are almost 10 years, 10 years later. Um, 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's working. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, after I had my first child, I just that postpartum hit and I didn't know what the heck was going on. I had never felt so down about myself and I never felt so down in general. And then I kind of dug out of it. Um, probably a year later, that fog of newborn is so real. Oh yeah. And I feel you. I, uh, it was, was it a year later? No. Yes. It was at my daughter's first birthday. A couple days after that, I found out that I was pregnant and I was like, oh man, oh man. Well, fast forward five weeks and I actually ended up losing that pregnancy, which made the depression so much worse. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And then not long after, I mean, two months later, after the miscarriage, I was pregnant again. Uh, Fertile Myrtle over here. Um, (laughs) Yes. So I have this child and my first child was an angel baby, angel, angel. So of course the second one was not, mm-hmm. <laughs> she, was, she was a tough one. So that newborn fog, that depression just hit so much harder. And not I, only did you have one child, you had two and yeah, oh, I can imagine. Yes. Yeah. I was sticking around 200 at that point and I held to 200, you know, that 200 pound mark for a while. And then, um, Darcy, my middle child was, she was almost two. So like 18 months. And that's when I got really serious about my health, really serious. And I did start going to the gym because at that time only had two kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was only 30 minutes from the gym. So, um, I did go to the gym and I had lost probably 30 pounds and then oh my grace <laughs> then I ended up y'all <laughs> I was pregnant I cried so hard after I found out that I was pregnant I was like no not again I just started losing weight so I gained all of it back had when I had her us I was still at that 200 pound mark and then the depression just it would not let go. Mm-hmm. And nine months postpartum from her, I was 220 pounds. I couldn't fit in any of my clothes. I was still wearing um, pregnancy clothes. I was still wearing the stretchy pants, trying, mm-hmm. to, trying to just wear something. It was, it was awful. The, the depression it was. Yeah. Now you mentioned you struggled with eating disorders too. So, you know, you know, my story, I've struggled with binge eating. I was never a, um, was never a purger per se, like when it comes to food, I would purge via like excess exercise or I would, I I, I view purging in different ways. I feel like you can over exercise to kind of make up for what you did, or um, you can super duper restrict and not eat uh, to, you know, make up for what you did. So like, what did eating disorders look like for you? Oh, man. Jimmy's going to listen to this and he's just going to shake his head. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so in, in high school, it really started in high school. Um, I was still kind of pudgy in ninth grade. And then it was pretty much ninth grade when everything at home fell apart. So when everything at home fell apart, I just kind of gave into it. I would eat nothing for breakfast and I would kind of lie to my mom of, 
you know, I'll eat at school or I'll grab something or, you know, no big deal. I wouldn't eat breakfast. And then I'd get to lunch and I'd have a bag of Doritos and a cherry Coke like every day. Bag of Doritos and cherry Coke, the spicy chili Doritos. Um, And then I get home for dinner and it was my responsibility to cook um, and I'd cook and and then I'd never make a plate and I'd just be like, um, oh, I I was eating. I'm not hungry because I was eating while I was cooking. Nobody was paying attention to me because everything was falling apart at home. Mm-hmm. And then after everyone would go to sleep, I would eat like five bowls of cereal and I would eat all the ice cream. Or if there was any leftovers from dinner, I would just binge. Now I would restrict for, you know, two weeks and then I just have a binge and I did participate in purging. Um, and that's just, and it was just this vicious cycle. And I think I don't want to say how much I lost because I don't want anybody to go down that route, mm-hmm. but I lost a lot of weight in a couple mount in in a couple months doing that, and it was not uh, not healthy mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, no. When I was in high school, I was super close with a girl um, who struggled with binging and purging, and she was very very thin, but she also suffered from body dysmorphia, so she saw herself as a lot bigger than she you know, was. And so seeing her go down that path and knowing and watching her like do the whole purging, that was, I knew that was something that I'd never allow myself to get to, but I found another way to purge. I would overexercise or restrict like crazy. And it was just a vicious cycle. Um, and I think it's important. I, I find that a lot of podcasts that I do, we talk about eating disorders and, um, and, it's something I'm super passionate about sharing, you mm-hmm. know, because I feel like a lot of people struggle with it and they, they're too ashamed to talk about it. But um, when you realize that you had a problem, like when was that for you? Like when, when did you realize you had an eating disorder? Um, hmm. It was several months in. It was several months in. And I can't say that my eating habits changed. I still didn't eat breakfast. I still had the same Doritos and cherry Coke for lunch. I just started eating dinner again and making myself go to bed. And I just started. And to this day, I really couldn't tell you how I came out of it. There was no miraculous moment. There was no anything like that that happened that pulled me out of it. It just was a step-by-step decision. And here I am. Oh, gosh, I was 15. So like 11 years ago now, and there are not, there are days where I think about eating all the carbs and just purging, but I don't, I think it's a constant battle. Once you've dealt with eating disorders, whether it's binging or anorexia or binge and purge, um, or exercising like crazy, whenever you get into that mindset of doing that, it's hard to break. And I, I've spent years breaking that habit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so true when you say you still think about it. So, you know, I consider myself a recovered binge eater, but I'm going to tell you, I fight that fight every single day. Um, you know, whether it be stress or, um, you know, anxiety that I deal with, which is minimalized since going keto. Um, I don't experience nearly as much as I used to, but like as a business owner, you know, the stress that comes along with it, like, you know, 
feeling like you're you know you're not doing enough as a mom as a wife as a Mm -hmm. business owner or thinking that you should be doing more um as an influencer or all of the things like just the stress that comes with life it is something to be said about like you know when people ask will I ever stop getting the urge will I ever feel normal will I ever like you know not want to do these things and I honestly I can't say that it'll ever go away for me um I think we just learn to control it into it's just it's all about self-awareness you know knowing our triggers knowing what knowing the feelings of like the excess pressure um knowing like when when we're you know, really, really stressed out to the point where it's going to happen. And then also like developing new habits to kind of deal with those things. So for me, that was exercise, Um, you know, so, you know, have you found something that you kind of use to, to replace that? Um, my kids. So anytime I have that desire, I'm just like, hey, kids, let's go play some cards. <laughs> let's play a board game. Let's, let's distract mom for a second. And I have used exercise, um, but exercise is a dangerous area for me. Maybe one day I'll get your help because I do the same thing. Of I, I go and go and go and go and I don't stop. I just have this thing where I can push and push and push until I injure myself or, you know, the next day I'm dying inside from soreness, um, but I can still keep going. So I, I do move. I make it a point to move and exercise. I just don't let it become a crazy part right now. I guess mentally I'm not ready for that. So yeah, just use my kids as a way to (laughs) distract me. Yeah, that's good. It, you know, there is such a thing as people utilizing the overexercise. So, I mean, like I said, I, I would overexercise to purge. But for me, um, stress-wise, going for a walk or going to the gym and just putting those headphones in and zoning out and lifting all of the weights. And those workouts where I'm just... I'm just there for the stress relief aren't, aren't like my, you know, absolute best workouts. They're the ones that I'm doing probably a lot lighter weights. I'm just there to sweat it out and to just like clear my mind. So I think there is a fine line and a good balance between it. It's just, you have to, you obviously have to just be self-aware and work on it. But, um, but yeah, if you're ever ready for that, you let me know. I'll be happy to help you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, another big thing that I do that I left out and I can't believe that I left out is I am a music buff. I love music and I mean, I have everything, everything. I changed the name of the playlist depending on what time of year it is and what I'm doing right now. I have like 300 songs in this playlist um, and it's labeled KetoCon 2019 because it's we're driving. Me and my husband are driving 17 hours to Texas. Girl, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's got 300 songs. I mean, everything from Eminem to Lauren Daigle. I mean, it's I keep it all. I keep uh-huh. it all just depending on the moment. I I go to music and then also podcast. It's mm-hmm. insane. I it's opened a whole new world finding Jimmy and finding podcasts. I listen to you and Jimmy. 
and I've listened to a couple of um, Neos and I've listened to um, Neos. I could use his real name. I know his real name. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then also Rachel Hollis, just kind of, you guys are my go-to and to just pull out of that mindset to uplift me, to feel uplifted and just get out of the negativity because that's when the benching comes is the stress and the negativity. When everything else is negative and pushing in on me, I want to push back. And that's just kind of how up until this point I've pushed back, but I'm not letting that be an option anymore. Mm-hmm. It's funny. We have to, as much growth and changes, you know, we've had, we still have to get out of our own heads a lot. Um, and you, you know, just as much as anyone else who follows me on Instagram, I try to keep it 100 when it comes to like letting people know I'm struggling. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to play that, um, you know, constant positivity and, Life is grand 100% of the time. I mean, today was one of those days. I just did not want to go to the gym. I got up and went, and it was the worst workout ever. But, you know, <laughs> like, I I did it. I'm when here. and today? Yeah. Oh, no. I, that one was from yesterday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, um, it's just, it's so easy to feel like on social media you have to be positive all the time. But in reality, like we are still working on our mindset. We are still human too. And so we, we don't have all the answers. We, we have a lot of them and, and, you know, we can help people as much as we can, but um, we're still people at the end of the day, working on our mindset and trying to change things for ourselves as well. So. Absolutely. Um, well, um, I have enjoyed this conversation. It has been fabulous. Um, yes. I like to kind of end on a couple questions. Um, one being, if there was one thing in the keto space you want to see more of, what do you think it should be? Like, what is missing that you want to see more of? Um, it's something that I've been trying to get into, and that is keto for more than weight loss, mm-hmm. um, keto for health and low carb approaches to health. And a lot of people that I follow now in my circle do real food, um, but I would like to see more of that, more of the pullback from all of the products and more push towards just eating real food. I think that's the hard part about keto becoming super popular too is because there are products coming out every single day with the name labeled keto and it makes it very difficult for oh that's a touchy subject for me touchy Mm -hmm. I have no it doesn't have the label keto I am trying to think I don't have anything with the label keto on it that I say yeah go do this um, I do like fat, the F-bombs. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. if they say keto on it. I don't think so. I don't think so. The F-bombs and then I'll do take some collagen. But, like, yeah. it's not collagen labeled keto. So, like, like um, yeah, I just, that's I, a sore subject with me. I think it's important because, you know, there are a couple companies that I'm super passionate about that offer quality products but like Mm -hmm. I think it's important uh for us 
to share the message like, you know, you can take this product that says keto collagen or keto BHB yeah. or, yeah. um, you know, whatever, but you don't need it. Like, right. Y- you right. know, like we have to make sure that people know that it's not a requirement to do keto. You can get yeah. into ketosis without those exogenous ketones. You can, yeah. you know, Absolutely. so there's definitely a time and a place, um, for those things, but I totally agree with you. I think that, uh, that real food keto is the way to go. So, um, well, where can people find you and learn more about you? Um, I post mostly on Instagram as real food, real life. I do have a website, which is real food in real life. I in, um, and I have, I had had some events coming up, but with KetoCon, I was like, let's just focus on KetoCon. I, I cannot wait to go and really network. That's mm-hmm. what I'm most excited about with KetoCon is meeting people, networking with people. Um, and so Instagram is going to be the, the biggest. I am on Facebook as well. But typically, I'm not going to lie, my Facebook is kind of a trickle from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Same right. for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have Instagram. I mean, I have Facebook for the people who want me to have it, but I'm not as active on Facebook as I am on Instagram. Instagram, I post a lot of stories, a lot of story times um, Mm -hmm. and post about where I am in life, where my mental state is. Yeah. Real food, real life on Instagram. That is awesome. Well, guys, um, I hope you will go check Brittany out. Um, and it has been a pleasure speaking with you. And I will talk to you again soon. All right.